Hey there, welcome back to the Northwest Audio Podcast, Midweek Formation, where we give some supplemental content to take your formation beyond Sunday morning. My name is Nick, I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Luke. Today we're continuing the conversation of formation and becoming a person of love that embodies the fruit of the Spirit, focusing in on love, joy, and peace. Another epic intro for another epic podcast. Let's Are you going to say that every single podcast? I have to now. <laughs> another epic intro. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of this year, I should just like make a um, a podcast of just you saying that over, over and, and over again. Yeah. It'd be like an hour long. And then season three's podcast intro is like light piano music. It's like dinner, <laughs> dinner piano. Dinner piano. Like, <laughs> welcome to the least epic intro <laughs> Another, another, another lame lo- intro another lame for a lame intro. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Welcome man. back, everybody. Yeah, let's do this. Let's. We're going to start today by, I'm just going to reread a little bit of the Galatians passage with the fruit of the Spirit, just to reset our minds there before we talk about love, joy, and peace. Um, so I'm going to read from, let's see, from verse 16. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions and envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, in contrast to that, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Good stuff. This is the more, every time I read this, I'm like, this is really good passage. Like, this is good stuff in here. Paul really uh, had some good things to say. He had some great things to say. Good for Paul. Great for Paul. There might be someone listening who's like, what's a faction? Let me teach you, everybody. You know what I mean? Like they got hung up on like, what the heck is that? I've never thought of that. Let me teach you what a faction is. Yeah. uh, uh, Teach what a faction is. Let me teach you what a faction is. This is a little little nugget lesson here before the main main dish. (laughs) Uh, A faction would be like a very small, rebellious, dissenting group of voices. So like, let's just say inside the larger community, there was like, a sub community of like the rebellious ones who didn't like any of the rules or policies or vision or direction. And they like, they like built up for themselves like a rebellious spirit. That's Mm. what a faction is. A faction is like, I don't like where the Holy Spirit's taking all of us. I want the Holy Spirit to take me and some of us other subgroup. Like there's like a dozen of us. I'm just like a hundred of you. It's a sub party. <laughs> it's a sub party. So like, I'll just, just totally want to confess. Like I was the faction kid when I was a kid. <gasps> like, Oh bro. I was Lucas. guilty of faction. I was like, I was the black sheep of the family and the rebel. Right. 
We were talking about this earlier, Nick. We were talking about this. Yeah, how... I, I was, was a goody two-shoes in high school. I, I was Luke the was opposite of that. that. Was that a yeah. batty two-shoes? No, but sounds stupid. It is a little dumb. That's what a faction is. It's a rebellious subgroup. Interesting, huh? That, that Paul would that would warn against such a thing. Hey, well, it makes sense because this whole thing was about like interacting with one another. And he's like, stop dividing yourselves yeah. together, but instead live by the spirit. And the spirit is love, joy, and peace. Um, yeah, the spirit is anti-clicky. Anti-clicky. That's a that's a boy coin that put one. Put that on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I want to walk into the building on a Sunday morning uh, and see the spirit is anti-clicky. anti-clicky. <laughs> <laughs> That'll preach, bro. <laughs> uh you know what's funny, um, listeners, is that so we are recording this in the prayer room. Um, and I look up at the wall at our prayer wall from when we did 24-7 prayer, and there's three big words. Um, right beneath the the words prayer wall and it is peace love and joy yeah isn't that fascinating i looked at that literally when i sat down today and i was like no way that is just beautiful that those are those are three things um that we want to become and that we want to embody um as as fruit of the spirit yeah that is cool perfectly timed so today we're going to talk about a couple different things. We're really going to talk about like our experience growing in love, joy, and peace. Like what 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 has that looked like for us um, as as followers of Jesus and even as pastors? Just like what has that experience been like? As well as talk about like God, how He embodies those things as well. Um, so Luke, do you want to just we'll just like start in we'll just go by fruit. We'll just go with okay. love first. So um, take us away. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful for this opportunity to expand on. Um, these, the, all of the fruits that would grow from the same vine, the, the spirit's yeah. presence, right. And how the, if the spirit has control of our lives, these are outcomes of, of that. Uh, and we, we can't be more joyful to get more joy. We have to have more Holy spirit mm. to identify opportunities to have more joy. Mm. Right. And so like, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a backwards thinking approach. Mm. It's like, how do I get better at being a person of joy? Well, it's to allow the Holy spirit to grow that fruit yeah. in your life. Um, and I, I think we understand that, that process, the more Holy spirit active in our lives and our daily lives, the more these fruits are going to be outcome of that. And sometimes we don't let the Holy spirit grow these fruits. In our lives. Yeah. Let's just talk about that first one, love. You know, you asked me to meditate on this and I wrote down some notes. Um, and these were just some of the notes I that came to mind as I tried to understand what the Holy Spirit was doing for this, this afternoon's podcast, but that love has been hijacked by pop culture. Mm-hmm. And so love is love seems to be the word that is thrown around, therefore has lost its meaning. Right? Yeah. It's the it's the word that is in every song. Yep. You know. Taylor Swift or any other, you know, Morgan Wallen, like, I don't know if anybody knows who Morgan Wallen is. Morgan Wallen. <laughs> but how about Luke Combs or Thomas Rhett? Okay. Stop we've got, naming I've, I've country got, so artists. I'm, I'm naming country artists right now. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of like all of these movies that are, are hits, romantic movies, whatever, any song that's it. They've taken the word love and they've like hijacked it to mean something that the Holy Spirit never intended it to convey. Right. And so we have to be reformed. Huh? Midweek formation. Boom. We have to be reformed. 
that word love has to mean something new to us now, and we have to give the Holy Spirit permission to create its, its meaning. And so we talked about this a couple of weeks back, that love is really essentially self-sacrifice. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, okay, what does it mean for Luke? I just kind of examined my own heart and my own life. What's it mean for Luke to be a person of self-sacrifice? And all that I could come up with that was as simple, like in, put in simple terms, was that when I put myself second, I'm in a loving mindset. Mm. And so the amount of opportunities that God has given me to go second mm. and not go first and not be first, mm. uh, these yeah. are opportunities for love to grow from the Spirit's presence in that. So I'm opting in to what the Holy Spirit is putting in front of me. Yeah. Here, Luke, here's an opportunity for me to grow the fruit of love in you. Yeah. Please take it. Yeah. Please take it. That's brilliant. I know that your pride and your flesh longs to be first, but your we, your flesh is weak, but my spirit is strong. Right. That's what the scriptures say. So we have these invitations all the time. We, we're just really bad at identifying the opportunities. Yeah. And yesterday we had our uh, communion meal after communion Sunday service. We get together as a community. We yep. celebrate this meal together. Uh, very fun, very neat morning. And I had to actively resist the urge to just go get food. <laughs> like I had to actively resist the urge to like, like I, I am just like preconditioned as a human being, go get food, go get food. Or, or not even just that, but like, don't let too many people in line, like don't let too many people get ahead of you in line. In case the food runs out. So I actually had to tell myself yesterday, this is such a weird like confession booth right now. I had to tell myself yesterday, I am okay even if the food is completely gone when I get to it. Mm. I had to tell myself that. Like I, I'll be, I'm going to be okay. Like nothing about my life is going to go wrong. Right. If I get to the line of food and it's completely gone. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit was inviting, has been inviting all of us into a, a variety and to a huge array of opportunity for love to grow out of us because we had an opportunity to go second. Yeah. Just a measure of self-sacrifice. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, it's way more simple than we're making it. Absolutely. I, I love that you brought up the line thing because I think that's, I even thought about that this morning. I was driving here today um, and I was getting off of 31. Um you know how most most exits off of a highway um you know you can like the lanes merge together and a lot of people try to like get ahead of the person that's in the lane next to them <laughs> you know like you're always like fighting with the person next to you to see who gets to go first and i thought that was interesting today i don't know why it stuck out to me maybe it was for this um to to talk about it but it stuck out to me that this person who was behind me like i just saw it in my rearview mirror like this person was like staring at the car next to them because the car next to them was trying to get ahead of them. And you know, I was like, I, was, I literally said to myself, oh, that's kind of messed up that the person who should not have been, <laughs> you know, it, it was like, this person should not have been first, but they like really like they were inches away from the car next to them because they really wanted to be first. Oh my gosh. And I was like, that's kind of messed up. And so this is like that same concept of like, we just don't like being second. We don't like it when people get ahead of us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like cutoff culture. Yes. It's not really culture at all. It's just like cuts a culture. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's highway culture. Yeah. Like when you get cut off, you're just like, you, you go from zero to 60 dude, inside, dude. inside, right? Your blood <laughs> goes from zero to 60. Confession. I have a confession. Uh Oh, 
This is a great confessional today. I um I was coming. We were coming home from a a trip that Maddie and I did down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we're driving back up, and there was this car that was on the highway, um, that was passing a bunch of people. Like they were like zipping in and out, and you know, as some entertainment for myself to to keep me enjoying the drive, I was like, I'm gonna beat this person. Oh no! <laughs> I'm totally. I'm gonna take them down. And I literally was like, I spent the whole drive. Every time I'd see them get in front of someone, I'd like work to try and get ahead of them. I was just like, <laughs> I am going to beat this person. Every time like I would get in a different lane that you think is going to be faster and then it slows down and they pass you and you're like, no, like, oh, I God, they got me this time, you know, and it's like this game that you're playing that they don't even know that they're playing it with you. And I literally, we get up to 465 because they just happened to be going, I guess, to the same area as we were. But they were getting onto a different part of 465. And so we're getting there. <laughs> and I like gun it at the the off ramp because I was one of the the only cars that's on this off ramp. And I gun it and I pass him as we part as we part ways. And I pass him and I'm like, yes. I literally had a smile that I could not contain. I was like, I beat him. Let's go. I was like, Victor. I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the best feeling in the world because I just, I really just wanted to win. I wanted to be ahead. Yeah. I wanted to be first. Yep. And it's, it's just weird how that, like yep. that feeling, that desire just sometimes overtakes us of just, like, I do not want to finish last. I do not want to be in the back. I have to be first. And yet the kingdom of God is structured in a way. Yes. The last shall be first. And the first shall be last. Yeah. Isn't that so, it, yep. we live in such an upside down value system. Yes. And so the, I think the point of the story is the Holy Spirit is giving us on a daily basis opportunities to sacrifice mm. self, be it to go second or to go last yeah. or, or take that working metaphor and apply it yeah. or take that working metaphor and apply it to, I guess, your everyday world. And maybe you're not stuck in lines, yeah. you know, most of your day, but there are opportunities to sacrifice self that mindset that mindset mm. is the opportunity for god to grow the fruit of love yeah what's great about that is that god time and time again throughout scripture shows that he's a god who wants to go last yeah like when it comes like literally just jesus in and of himself is like a hey i'm gonna go down to the bottom of the barrel yeah i guess you know jesus washing the feet was definitely a uh, picture of i'm last oh yeah boy that's a it's a strong picture i would I imagine that at every meal, Jesus probably let everybody eat first. Yeah, I like, don't know. He, like, I imagine Jesus sitting at the table, like they're all reclining around the table, and he would make sure that everybody got their food before he did. Like, that's the kind of guy that I imagine Jesus to be. My stupid humor is just like, well, I'm God, I can just make it appear in front of me when I'm <laughs> hungry. I agree with you, Nick. I agree with you. And uh, I think... that's just yeah. That's just the level of like lastness that i that i think of with jesus is that he he shows his love through sacrifice um but is also just like putting others before himself like it's just constant i'm so glad you brought some of these other examples up because we if you if you follow jesus and if you don't follow jesus in relation to the podcast i'm super grateful and thankful that you, you listen in and you want to learn more but if you follow jesus we've become inoculated to the cross story in terms of God's sacrifice. Yeah. Yep. But there are other um, everyday relatable things. Oh, yes. Like food and other things yep. that Christ has done to show his willingness to sacrifice. 
Absolutely. Because we're like, we're like, "Ah, it's not that relatable, the whole dying on the cross for other people's sins. (laughs) Thankful. (laughs) Thankful. And it's the, it's the, it's the climax of the sacrifice. But it's not relatable. It's not something that we can like tangibly be like, oh, how does that relate to my life though? But Jesus's life is full of sacrifice and selflessness and love. Like it's so full of it because that's who he was as a person. Yeah. Like it wasn't just an act that he did. He didn't just do a selfless act at his final breath. Like his whole life was a selfless act. Yeah. Like one after another, it was just a string of selflessness and sacrifice and forgiveness and lastness and saying, everybody, you go first. I'm going to put myself after you. I'm going to put your needs before mine. Um, I, I say that when I do ceremonies for wedding ceremonies. Um, I, I talk about a, a selfless kind of love that puts the other person's needs before your own. Of like that is like the bread and butter mm. of of marriage and and just of even life in the kingdom in general. Yeah, you know, of like putting others' needs before your own um, is exactly what God desires. And so, how true should that be for marriage? Then, like that should be the most true mm. in a marriage. Um, but yeah, no, that's good. I don't know my experience with love, um, particularly that kind of love of like going last and like putting others' needs before your own. Um, it's honestly, it's very humbling. I feel like, um, I feel like that's one of the main words that I would use to describe like navigating that kind of change is that you're realizing how often you want to put your needs before someone else. Um, no matter what the scenario be, whether it be with someone that's close to you or not close to you, but you always want to put yourself first. Um, and as I, as I notice those things, then I'm like, oh my gosh, what would it look like then to like put this other person first instead? Sure. You know, to take a back seat. Yeah. That humility is, is the fuel to, to fuel the, that selflessness right. mindset. The, the, the funny thing is, is being okay, using my silly meal example yesterday, being okay if the food was gone, um, I actually found myself in like, I don't know maybe the last third of the line or whatever. I was talking to mm. someone, went up there. Got, I got to the back of the line, but then the line filled out again, right? And so I didn't actually go last. But it, it is funny how most of the time those kinds of fears that fuel us to make sure we're first are not actually, they don't correspond to reality because there was a bunch of food left over at the end of the morning. Yeah. It, it just, isn't that interesting mm. how we will believe these narratives yeah. about the future which like motivate our flesh to go first. We're mm. like, well, there won't be enough for me. Yeah. What if something happens? What if something happens? And you fill in the blank for the future and then like, then there's food left over. Yeah. If someone's trying to cut in front of you on the highway and you're like, <laughs> what if I'm late? Yeah. <laughs> what if like, I... Then you show up early. You're like, yeah. uh... <laughs> oh, it's because I was speeding. <laughs> or you show up late and you're like, oh, it's because of that one guy. <laughs> and yeah. then you hold it against them. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Love is... Love is really just like a, when you put it like that, it's almost similar to patience in that it's a slowing of yourself, like slowing down. And you're saying like, I'm willing to put others' needs before my own because I'm trusting that God will take care of me in whatever way that I need to be taken care of. Um, You know, kind of like you said, with the whole meal thing of just like understanding like, hey, even if I don't get food, like if that's the concern, no matter what, like it's not going to be the end of the world. Nope. Like this is not 
It's not that huge of a thing. Not a huge thing. Yeah. Putting others before yourself. And church people be like 3X is hungry on Sundays <laughs> on Sunday at after 1230. Church? Dude, Sunday after church is a different kind of hunger. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It's like, oh, Jesus fed me, but boy, am I ready for some some food, <laughs> meat and potatoes. Yeah. I honestly, yeah. that and the the tiredness after Sunday. Yeah. That, that post-church nap. Mm. Hit different. <laughs> <laughs> Love. Yeah. Let's talk cool. about joy. All right. Um, let's move on. Let's just keep chugging through through these things so we have time to talk about all of them. You you said last time that you're like a, a naturally joyful person. Yep. Um, so what has that, my question for you would be like, what has that looked like to take that from like a Luke level to a Holy Spirit level? Like how has the Spirit come upon you and been like, hey, let's take this this kind of base layer joy that you already kind of naturally get and let's like take that to the God level. Yeah. No, it's great. I think I would answer that by trying to delineate the differences between joy and happiness. What I wrote down here was that joy is not circumstantial. Right. And that happiness is circumstantial. And I had to kind of reflect on that comment I made last week and be like, I am a very joyful person, but why? Mm. And I had to ask myself, um, how often I'm stricken with unhappy scenarios and circumstances. And in pastoral leadership, you get that semi-often. But by and large, I have a hundred X more things to be thankful and grateful for than not. Yeah. And so it, it almost reveals how easy it is for joy and happiness to kind of like mm. fuzzy and that line gets blurred. You're like, well, actually, you're not, you're not joyful. You're just really happy because the circumstances right now are positive. Yeah. Right. And although I can definitely point back to my life in times where the circumstances were not great and I was able to find joy, um, those are more rare. So I think that to answer your question, how do we, how do you graduate from like a human joy to a spirit anointed joy or a spirit yeah. uh, present joy is that I think that joy meditates on the positive even while submersed in the negative. Mm. And so if the Holy Spirit is always active and present, I mean, the Bible even says Holy Spirit groans, that there's like this groaning, that there's a, uh, there's a, a, a guttural praying that the Holy Spirit, that this God does on our, like the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. Mm. Like just to think about that thought that God, intercedes for himself, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is a wild thought. <laughs> um, and that that joy can be found in meditating on that Jesus still loves me regardless of the suffering I'm in. Mm. You said a few weeks back, we never graduate from Jesus loves me. Mm -hmm. And I totally believe that. And I think joy is Jesus loves me while I'm suffering. Yeah. So wow. joy is, joy can't be circumstantial. If it's circumstantial, it is happiness we're experiencing. I got a raise. Um, my family is healthy. I just got back from a vacation. Mm. You, you, these are all circumstantial things. But how how do we find a, a delight and a joy in the Lord when you get fired, you lose someone you yeah. love, you have to move out of the home that you liked so much, uh, you have to move states, 
your child has a disease that's incurable. I mean, we could just go down the list yeah. of, of things that are circumstantial that would rob you of happiness. How do you find joy? Well, I personally think that joy is the outcome of Christ's presence. Mm. And so again, just like every one of these fruits, it's an invitation on the Holy Spirit's part. He's yeah. basically inviting himself in to yeah. our to when us. He's like, he's like walking up to you and being like, hey, do you want to experience joy in the midst All of your All you have to hell. do is just be present with me. Yeah. If you're present with me, I will give you joy. It's it's the fruit of the Spirit, right? You know, if you are with the Spirit, you will develop joy. Yes. Because the Spirit brings joy. It's almost like um I, I've found this at times when I think about um when I think about like the vastness of God's glory and God's love, and it, it makes me smile. Like that's the kind of joy. And and what's great, what what makes this joy not circumstantial is that that will never change. Like the Holy Spirit's presence will never go away. God's love for you will never go away. And so like that, that makes, that makes that joy eternal. Like it will stay there. As long as you are in the presence of God, you will experience joy. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you wonder how, how does lamenting interplay with joy? And I think they can coexist. Mm. You know, I think that, everyone um, is going to be stricken with issues and problems in their life. Everyone's going to experience pain in their life. And all of that pain, the way that we can cathartically and therapeutically embrace that pain is through lamenting. And it's good to grieve. It's good to lament. And lament is a biblical word. Lament is a biblical concept. It's a biblical call. You can lament, and I believe you can focus on Jesus still loves me at this exact same time. And that joy is almost the, it is the Tylenol to the laments headache. It, mm. it really is the ability to have two otherwise juxtaposing things coexist at the same time. Can you find joy in your suffering? Well, yes, you can, but you're not finding joy from your suffering. You're right. finding joy from the spirit who's actively present within your suffering. Mm, yeah. So it's not that like, well, I'm going to look for the silver lining and okay, sure. Maybe there's a time or two that there's a silver lining to our suffering, but let's be honest. Most of the time suffering is just suffering. And it hurts and it's horrible. Yeah. I don't think joy comes from, I found the silver lining. It comes from the spirit being actively present in your life as he invites himself into you and whether or not you accept the invitation. He's like, Knock, knock. Can I come in? Can I come into you? If I, if you would just let me in to all of yeah. the space that you won't let me into, I can produce joy in your life. Yeah. I even think of all the Psalms. Yeah. A lot of the lament Psalms end with David or whoever is writing it, the psalmist coming back and being like, but God is still. Yep. The but Psalms God is this, but God this. is this. Yes. You know, I will still praise your name. You know what I mean? Um, and it's like a in spite of the lament that I feel. Yep. Um, so so yeah, I think it's I think it's good that you said that, that you talked about lament is extremely important and we should lament. Like I, I honestly I don't think we lament enough. No, we really in don't. the church. I think because it makes us too uncomfortable. Yeah, I think I think the church uh I had a a, a pastor back in college who like that was one of the things that he was really big about. Um mm. he was very passionate about that of like the church needs to learn to lament. Um, like there are plenty of things to lament about, 
and God encourages lamenting and that's all throughout the scriptures, but we don't want to ever talk about it. We just want to sit here and be like, yay, God's alive and I'm super stoked about it and all my life is going into shambles, but that's okay because this is all here. And so I'm just (laughs) going to think about God and how good he is and like, yes, that's great. God is so good, but let's not like neglect the realities that we face. Let's not neglect the things like we should be lamenting about racism. Yeah. We should be neg- we should be lamenting about school shootings. Yeah. Like we should be lamenting about these things. Yeah. Yep. We shouldn't just ignore it and be like, but God is still on the throne, so I'm totally good. Like lament, then go to that place. Yeah. Like lament. Spend time in the things. Like like dwell on those things and be like, wow, God, heal this. Heal our land. Like heal our people. Heal our 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 hearts. We invite you into like step into that, you know, and, and in spite of all these things, we will lift your we will lift your name. We yeah. will praise you because we trust that you that you will do these things. We trust yeah. that you will restore. Um, but yeah, it's just a it's just so important to not assume that that joy now means the absence of sadness or lament or grief. Um, yeah, no, I because don't I think-, think that could become a very toxic thing for christians to be like oh you're grieving we'll stop yeah gosh <laughs> we'll stop no. grieving because because god is good so you need to be joyful you know what i mean right and and god is is good regardless of your circumstances right. and it, i kind of hear you saying that um you know you talk about joy you talk about the psalms you talk about like the you know renew the joy of my salvation and it's joy is a really great thing to, to compare and contrast to lamenting and suffering. And I think you're right. I think that it's, it's kind of Christian culture Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm on fire for Jesus. And hear me when I say like, I'm all about getting on fire for Jesus. There are some times where that's just inappropriate. Like you wouldn't be on fire for Jesus. If like someone close to you just lost someone close to them. No. And it wouldn't be appropriate to like say something like that too. No. Like it wouldn't be appropriate to text someone who just lost a loved one. Yeah. And be like, hey, let's let's celebrate. Right. It makes me think of the shortest verse in the entire council of God. Yeah. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. <laughs> Jesus knew how to weep. You should too. Like Yeah. Yeah. Weep. That's put good. that on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> that with anti what did I say? Uh, anti clicky. <laughs> You walk in on a Sunday morning, you see right next to the anti-clicky phrase, you see it right next to it, weep. Weep. <laughs> anti-clicky and weep. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. And then we've got peace. Yes. Dude, okay. Love, joy, and now peace, peace. Peace is a big one for me Um, because for two reasons. One, as it relates to like anxiety, as it relates to stress, um, but also as it relates to like what kind of <laughs> to put it in Gen Z terms, what kind of vibes are you giving off? <laughs> I don't know what to do right now. I'm a millennial, so I don't have that dictionary inside me. But um I hear I think of this. Uh there is a pastor at Mercy Road Carmel. Uh his name is Greg Strand. In my mind, he is a person who gives off peace. Vibes. Peace vibes. Peace vibes. <laughs> like peace radiates from him. 
in my experience talking to him and sitting near him, I can just feel that he is a person of peace. And so that that's kind of that's one of the things that I think of is just like a slow, calm, gentle, soothing presence. Um, the the pastor John Mark Comer he had a sermon once where he had talked about how that was one of the things that he struggled with um, was finding that like hey as a pastor maybe I should become a person that is peaceful and gentle, and like now makes an effort even in the very way he, that he talks to be a peaceful, soothing voice in people's life. Um, and, and I just, I thought that was very profound of just this thought of like, people are so busy and so anxious and so stressed out about everything in the world. Like the people of God should be the people where all of that goes away. And you talk to someone and you just feel like you're the only one in the room and there's value and there's peace, there's gentleness, you know, like that's another one of the fruit of just, I don't know. Does that does that make sense? Oh, 100 percent. That kind of language. And you know, you mentioning Greg, it makes sense to me because I've I, you know I've known Greg for Greg for years now. And it's because our body language always wears mm. our inner language. Yeah. And so the reason he puts out peace vibes, yeah. as a Gen Zer would say, <laughs> is because he's got a lot of peace on the inside. Yeah. You know, uh, there's actually a you know scientific scientifically proven data that shows i don't know how all the studying is done but like 90 percent or something like that of communication is nonverbal. yeah like that's perfectly what it is right there yep you know what you are feeling on the inside if you are feeling anxiety and a rush like that will that will be communicated non-verbally that's why text messages and emails are so misconstrued mm. is because 90 percent of communication yeah. is body language and facial expression yeah and so you're not getting you're not what's actually it. being said yeah you're not getting that yeah no i so I, I think of that of the peace of the spirit dwelling in the presence of god do like keeping in step with the spirit as paul would say now will give you a peace inside of you that that all of the things that are going on around you can slow down because you're with the spirit um it's almost like this is you know the cultural in the movies um when they're talking about love you know and they're talking about being with the the perfect person and they say things like um when i'm around you my whole world slows down you know like that kind of romanticism um where it's like the world stops when I look at you, you know, like that's what I feel like that's what the spirit is like. The spirit is, is this presence where you sit in his presence and you're like, everything around me can slow down. Uh, Holy spirit would make a great character in a romantic <laughs> novel or he'd be the one romantic comedy. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just there, there's a level of the stresses and anxieties that I have. They can cease. They can slow down. Right. Because I'm in the presence of God and I'm reminded that I'm okay. I'm reminded that I'm loved and that I'm cared for and that I will, um, I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I, I relate it to, if there's a common denominator for all of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you know, next week and the week after, like, it's all going to be the same thing. These are outcomes. Yeah. Right? These are outcomes of the Holy Spirit's active presence in your life and in your willingness to let him be in your immediate proximity. It is no different. Then my middle child, she's a three-year-old, so maybe someday she'll listen to this podcast and be really embarrassed. I have no idea. <laughs> but my middle child, Sia, she's a three-year-old, and she's 
constantly, daddy, hold me, daddy, hold me, daddy, hold me, daddy. Like, even when it makes no sense, get this. <laughs> I was doing the dishes last night and she goes, daddy, hold me. I'm like, see ya, honey, I- I'm still doing the dishes. Yeah, but you got one hand free. <laughs> she knows. She's like, she's like, so what? You're doing dishes. I see you only using one hand. Like whether or not she actually has any like clinical attachment <laughs> disorder, like disorder of right. some kind or not. I don't really know because she's three and three-year-olds do three-year-old things. However, that girl is an anxiety ball when I am home and not holding, holding her. her. Wow. Okay. So what's the, what's the point there? The metaphor is, is that when we are distant from God, mm. when there's proximity distant from God, there's going to be a level of depression or anxiety or stress. Like we're going to be an anxiety ball because all of us are kind of like my three-year-old daughter and mm. we need the comfort and the presence of God the Father. And if we want love and joy and peace to be outcomes And if I want my three-year-old daughter to have a smile on her face and for her to be comforted by her father's presence, I'm going to pick her up and I'm going to hold her. I'm going to hold her tight. And I'm like committed to making sure that girl has zero attachment issues (laughs) because I'm going to hold the snot out of her. (laughs) And we we are all in need of proximity and Mm. proximity is the key to fruit outcome. Wow. So if we want love, we want joy, we want peace. It's like, you're not going to grow that without the Holy Spirit holding you per se. Yeah. So we're we're all kind of like a three-year-old. We need to be in the presence of our father. Dude. It just That was excellent. Praise. Excellent. Praise God. And and what you know what I think of with that is you know, th- this idea of like being with with the father. And you know, when I when I step away from the father, when I'm distant from the father, I, you know, you said things like anxiety and depression and those things, those will happen. And it's almost like, like that just, it makes sense because God designed you to be with him. Yeah. God designed you as a human to be close to him. And that was not a dig at like a clinical medicinal solution. Right. I'm not talking about, do you need medicine for anxiety or or depression? I'm talking about the the general level of anxiety humans have and the general level of sadness that we carry. Yes. Those things start to happen when we are distant from God because we are, we are, we no longer um, feel the safety of his presence. Yeah. And it's because we were designed to live next to him. We were designed to be proverbially held by our father. (laughs) You've got one hand free. It's like God's got both hands free. God's right? got both hands free. Like he's got Put two on the arms. <laughs> Anti-clicky, weep. God's got both hands free. People will walk in and be like, right. I'm, what I is the church? Like, what I, is going I haven't on? decided whether I'm going to come back yet. I don't, I don't think I'm coming back. This, is, this church doesn't make any sense. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Who's in charge of putting the stuff on the wall? <laughs> Luke Edgerton. <laughs> Oh man, that was an awesome, awesome time of conversation, bro. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that perfectly sums it all up. Being in the presence of the Father produces things like love, joy, and peace. And sure, that will be true for all of them, but especially these ones um, of just this, this slowness, yeah. this peace, this calming, this um, steady joy, this contentment. 
if you will. Um, and that contentment allows you to be selfless because you're not living out of the need to be anything or get anything, but you're just content with where you're at. So you can slow it down. Yeah. Look at how all those tie together. Man, That's good Jesus. stuff. If you have questions or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, please let us know. Uh, you can do that by going to the media tab on our website at mercyroadnw.com. And our, on our website, you'll also be able to find more details and information about our community. And you can get a hold of me or Luke directly as well on there if you go to the staff page and you can find our emails. Uh, so thanks for joining us. We will talk to you again soon. Soon.